Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, let's go right back to the phones. And joining us as he does every week at this time, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well, and I understand you did your annual Father's Day fishing trip yesterday. Good for you. <laughs> we did. We had fun. Went out to Bar Lake. Uh, yeah, had uh, had some good fishing, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. Michelle asked me to ask you how the fishing was. She said you snuck out without talking to her. I, I did, Terry, and you know the craziest thing was I promised her a picture, and uh, I was about halfway through filleting walleyes, and I was like, oh man, I didn't take any pictures. But fishing was good. Um, you know, Bar Lake is one of those Eastern Plains lakes that. You know, everybody associates it as Eastern Plains, hot water, warm temperatures. But, but Bar is one of those ones that's always a slow starter. You know, your Chatfield, Cherry Creek, Pueblo, Boyd, they all hit their peaks. or They start their summer peaks in mid-May, and that carries to mid-June. You know, Bar is one of those ones that doesn't really fire up until mid-June uh, and then, you know, stays hot all the way up until August. And we are just now uh, on the, the cusp of that starting point. Uh, walleyes were on structure all over the lake. Uh, fishing was good, and honestly, we caught them on about every technique out there. Slip bombers were working. Live bait rigs were working. Jigs were working. I caught them on blade baits. I caught them on paddle tails, and I caught them on jigging wraps. Uh, so I kind of played with a lot of stuff, and we were successful in all of them. So uh, when, you, when they're eating everything, uh, the bite's good, that's for sure. For those of us that aren't Nate Zielinski, is there any particular technique we might try? You know, if I had to say the, the best way to, to do it, you know, Bar Lake has a lot more structure than anybody gives it credit for. All I ever hear about is, oh, it's just a bowl. Um, there's a ton of structure out there. So I would get out there and learn the lake. And to do so, I think slow moving along is the best way. So if I had to send one technique, I would go out there with, with some sort of live bait rig, whether that's a, a revolve hook or a slow death type setup, um, a small crawler harness. Uh, but I would kind of cruise around into electric. Uh, yesterday, faster speeds were better. So 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 miles an hour um, were good. You know, that half mile an hour, they started to lose interest. So pick up the pace just a little bit, pull live bait rigs with a crawler or a leech, uh, cover some ground, and, and you'll find that success. Um, with that, I would say our our shallower fish, I marked fish up in 8 foot of water, 10 foot of water, but 13 foot was very productive, down to 17 foot was very productive. So I would say our, our window of the, the best bite was 13 to 17 feet on structure, uh, obviously with deeper water, you know, very close. And that was kind of that, that peak bite. Um, I'll also say that, you know, just if you particularly you're heading to bar, um, the, the fish that took the jigs were very light. The live bait uh, approaches and bites were very normal and traditional for live bait. Everything that hit the jigs, whether it's the blades, the jigging wraps, uh, just a jig with bait or uh, you know, like a paddle tail, they were all very subtle. So the, the jigging bite was more subtle. So if you do go out there with the intent to jig, um, be prepared for that lighter bite. Uh, it would easily be missed uh, if you weren't ready for it. All right, my friend, what else is going on in the fishing world? You know, Terry, we got everything going on. That's what we kind of wanted to talk about. I mean, fishing is hot kind of across the board, but we're definitely getting into our summer bites uh, everywhere. So mountains are changing, I'd say, quickly. Uh, front range is pretty stable as it has been. Uh, and then we have some hunting stuff coming up. So we'll, we'll start off uh, on the front range because we were just talking about walleye. So, you know, your Chatfield, Cherry Creek, 
continue to be uh, very, very productive. Um, obviously, both those fisheries are near and dear to my heart. I will say, of the two, Chatfield is fishing dramatically better. Um, you know, Cherry Creek is fishing good, uh, very good quality fish. Uh, Chatfield's in one of those great years of very low water, uh, limited food source. They lowered the water a little bit on the shad, uh, you know, harv- or, you know, stopping some of that shad forage from from really blowing up um and with that it just makes for some pretty epic fishing so we are well into the 100 fish days um at chatfield we had our catch rate event there um last wednesday and i will say that we had record numbers of keeper fish um it was unbelievable i mean majority of the people out there caught keepers and limits of fish so the bite is good um i would say one of those things out there uh, if you're going out there and you're catching a lot of fish and you're not catching the keepers you want, uh, change things up. Find smaller structure. Find shallower structure. Uh, and that'll be the key to more of the big fish. But regardless, uh, Chatfield and Creek are both fishing good. Chatfield is on one of those years that uh, that makes everybody want to join the Pro Tour. It, it, it is fishing very yeah. well. So if you need some confidence, hit Chatfield. <laughs> We always talk about that, don't we? That everybody, when there's a low bait here, everybody thinks they're a pro. But you know what? Yeah, take advantage it. of it. You know what? Take advantage of it. That's part of learning fishing, knowing what the relationship between the the predator and the prey is, and how you can take advantage of it. I mean, that's it, Terry. You know, there's a lot of of anglers that only fish the peak. There's a lot of guides out there, and this is by no means you know anything weird. But you know, a lot of guides really just target the the great baits. Um, you know, Terry, you know us, we, we fish year round. I mean, we pretty much take Christmas off and that's about it. Um, so we fish through the highs, the lows, the high bait years, the low bait years. Um, you know, we're 22 years in operation. I'll tell you what, years like this, uh, we definitely, uh, appreciate, um, and, and are very lucky for just cause, you know, sometimes you have to work hard to fight, uh, for your guests on the boat. Uh, this is one of those years that, that it's great to be a guide for sure. So what else you got going on? You know, the mountain-wise, so our uh, our trout now are definitely in that summer pattern. So there are 8 million different bugs hatching in the high country. So all of May, Terry, we were doing unbelievable on fly rods at, at Spinney and Taro. Uh, you know, all the South Park fisheries were doing unbelievable. It was a coronamid bite. It was great. Um, now we have everything. Calabatus is in full swing. We have dams will start to show up. Uh, there's 8 million little midges that I don't know the names of. Um, so the food source has really widened uh, up in the high country. We're even seeing them now feeding on leeches and scuds. Um, it has slowed down the trout bite just a hair. Uh, so with that being said, I would say you have two options. So if you're going to go fishing in Terrell, 11 miles, spinny, um, the mornings. Mornings tend to be calm water. Uh, it's very very pleasant to be on the water in those calmer conditions, but those fish can see everything. So if you are fishing in the morning in South Park, you have to create a reaction. So instead of having a very slow, mellow cadence, you have to get their attention and you have to force feed them to bite. So it is aggressively worked jerk bait. It's spoons pulled in and twitched and reeled at extremely high speed, very aggressive. It's swimming tube jigs, not bottom jigging tube jigs, it's swimming tube jigs, very aggressively. So the morning, it is all about creating a disturbance, creating a reaction. So if you've been struggling in South Park, it is all about more action. Get those fish, you know, activated. Make them react to the bait. Um, afternoon, once the wind comes up, the average person's been taking off. Uh, I mean, this last week, I was the only person on the water half the days. Um, 
once that wind gets cranking, obviously don't do anything that is not safe. Uh, if you're going to fish in the wind, make sure you have the boat, the knowledge, all that, that type of stuff to do so, or just go fish from shore in the wind. Um, but the wind is really activating those fish. So the wind comes up, the bug hatch almost immediately stops. Uh, it puts a lot of oxygen in the water. It darkens the surface, but more than anything, it starts sucking all that food up towards the surface. The fish are then looking up instead of down, and that bite turns on. So uh, the afternoons, I'm pretty much just fishing uh, 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 me, Tasmanian devils or spoons uh, for the most part, and it's just a cast it, reel it in, add a little twitch, um, and hang on. They're ripping the rod out of your hand. So if you're struggling in the South Park area, I would suggest uh, fishing in the wind a little bit. Again, if you have the boat capable, great. If not, go to shore. Uh, but but those windy afternoons, we are definitely having far more success on numbers and size of fish uh, just because it really puts uh, the, everything in your odds. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing with the South Park fisheries. Uh, pike are now just settling into their summer patterns. Um, every year this happens. The pike spawn in in april early may they slide deep they gorge themselves they you know restore their basically their weight uh which they lost during the spawn then it takes them two three weeks to kind of settle into their summer patterns we are just starting to see them barely into their summer patterns now um i would say the next week or so that will stabilize uh and then really as we approach that july 1st we're in full-blown summer pike fishing uh that summer pike fishing that's jerk baits spinner baits buzz baits um all of that type stuff but we definitely are in the last three four days seeing a lot more and a lot bigger pike coming out uh so that's great because we know that that bite is only going to get better as as we kind of go forth so uh again a lot of that type stuff happening we're seeing our lake trout drop into somewhat deeper water uh so they're going to be basically in that deeper water all the way up until late august so those big lakers are now sitting in deeper water uh you know shallow fish are going to be 45 feet deep fish are going to be 80, 90 feet, and those little fish, uh, you know, the great fish to, to harvest to eat are going to be extremely deep, uh, you know, 90 plus. Uh, but those fish are stabilizing that deeper water, and they're not going to move. So the patterns that you learn on Lakers now uh, is going to stay. We're, we're pretty much done with that springtime, early summer migrations, uh, and the patterns are pretty solid and going to stick for a while. All right. We better transition to hunting before we run out of time here. I know you wanted to touch on that, but it we you and I preach all year long don't get ready for hunting stay stay ready but there's things they better be doing right now right absolutely Terry so you know here here's the general concept you know everybody has gone through the primary draw so your first draw is now done we have a secondary draw coming up uh, that is pretty heavy favoritism to youth hunters uh, and regardless. The primary draw is now done. More than likely, majority of hunters in the state or even out of state traveling to the state had a good idea of if they were successful with a, a license or if they were not. Uh, so by now, you should have a fairly decent game plan of what you're doing. You know, whether you're going to choose to hunt uh, one of the over-the-counter units, an archery or second or third rifle, uh, or what your plan is. But regardless, most people have a plan now. So now it is time to start executing. You are studying digital maps and we're putting far more emphasis this year on your digital scouting probably more than ever with the current fuel prices we're seeing a lot of hunters uh that are already saying they're going to cut back on scouting uh they're going to make most of their time in the field um because the the commute is just too expensive with the current fuel prices we're also seeing uh, a major effect of a lot of hunters that never used to camp 
uh, are also going to camp this year because they're going to stay in the field uh, simply for the fact they don't, again, want to commute with those fuel prices. So uh, we're in full swing. So we're encouraging people, you know, get the latest apps, get the, the Onyx app, study Google Earth, you know, grab all of the, the free data from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. But we are starting our e-scouting or our digital scouting right now, getting a good play on, on what we're going to do. But the true point of this conversation, uh, I sat down with our retailers. I sat down with Bass Pro Cabela's. I heard from a lot of other regional uh, distributors and supplies um, on this. Obviously, I think we're all very used to being shortage on stuff. Uh, we're seeing that there's not a ton of gear out there. Obviously, ammo is coming back, uh, but certain calibers are still very hard. Uh, Terry, one of my favorite calibers for hunting all animals uh, anywhere, really, in just general shooting is a 300 win. Uh, 300 win mag is one of my favorite go-to calibers. Right now, you still cannot find 300 win hardly anywhere. Um, so there are still a lot of calibers, your 6.5 PRCs, um, that are very hard to get. Uh, so in the rifle category, go out there, start having a plan to buy ammo so you are comfortable to shoot. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, I need one box for hunting. You know, buy three so you can shoot two boxes training yourself, practicing, getting good with your firearm, and then still have ammo to hunt with. Um, but more than anything, we're just encouraging people. It's summer. Nobody is thinking about hunting or, or you know, the average person is not thinking about it. But it is time to stock up on gear. Even if you don't go scouting, even if you don't prep, um, get the gear you need. You know, your camel clothing, your boots, your, your firearm, optics, ammo, camping gear, major thing. Um, you know, grab the stuff you need because if it takes you a month or two to get all of your gear, hunting season would be around the corner at that point in time. So, so more than anything, stock up on gear. Uh, I'm actually going through some gear changes right now, Terry. As I mentioned last week, I kind of, kind of hurt my rib. I, turns out I have two broken ribs, another fractured rib, uh, moved my ribs away from the cartilage on, on kind of my front sternum. So I'm kind of, you know, a little bit not as uh, prepared as normal. So I normally shoot an 80 pound bow. I have arrows for an 80 pound bow. I have gear for the next five years uh, with shooting that heavier poundage, very large scale bow. And I'm stepping back to a 50 to 60 pound bow this year. Uh, so I can still shoot it with my current condition. So, you know, for me, this is already late in the game. I order a new bows, new sights. I have to get new arrows because my other arrows are too stiff and too heavy. Um, and, and the arrows I ordered were out of stock. So I'm seeing right. it right now as myself. I'm not even just preaching it. So time to get stocked up and, and get ready for the hunting season. All right, my friend, we are out of time. Uh, we will talk to you next week. If people want more info, it's tightlineoutdoors.com and tightlineoutdoors on social media, right? That's it. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good, good Father's Day. Thank you. All right. All right. And that was a great lead-in about the archery stuff because we're going to talk about archery supplies in the next segment. We'll take a quick time out on Terry Wicks from Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Speaking of Jack's, we're now joined by Cameron Knapp from the Lafayette Jack's Outdoor Gear. Good morning, Cameron. Morning, Terry. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Nate couldn't have given us much of a better lead-in, could he? No, that was darn near perfect. It sure was. And he's talking. Let's start right there. Uh, Jax has archery departments in most of their outdoor gear stores, and a lot of them even have uh, archery ranges in the store and pro shops. 
Let's start though with equipment. Nate says he's struggling. How's your how's your inventory at Jacks on the things that people need for archery? Well, thanks. Thankfully, Tom, our buyer's been doing a pretty darn good job within the last two three weeks. We've been getting a very large shipments of pretty much all of our archery products. So we are almost to where we were where our inventory was before COVID happened. And and what types of things will people find in the archery department at Jacks? Um, they'll find a little bit of everything. So we have, you know, our starter bows for really young kids. Um, we have the recurve bows that are set up to fit, you know, a little bit older people or, just, or sorry, um, older kids or adult size people. Um, we have pretty much all of your uh, compound bow equipment that you'll need, such as quivers, sights, stabilizers, and releases. And we'll, we're also an authorized Matthews dealer, so we have all of your uh, Matthews uh, items. And Matthews is, of course, one of the premier manufacturers in the industry. What about arrows? Nate made a point about arrows. Are you pretty well stocked with a variety of weights and types of arrows? Arrows right now, um, that's, we're still waiting on the last few shipments. Um, so our, right now our stock's a little bit lower than what I'd like it to be at this point in the year, but we're expecting shipments pretty much daily. Um, we're a dealer for two major companies. First off, Gold Tip Arrows, which are amazing. I use them a lot. And then we also carry Victory Arrows, which are also excellent. And I'm planning on uh, maybe using one of the arrows come hunting season. So tell me a little bit about, you're an avid archer. What do you think, I mean, everybody should be out practicing right now, but what are some of the mistakes people make when picking an arrow? Uh, mistakes that people make when picking an arrow. Basically, they come in and they just, first thing they do is just look at the price. And they're like, oh, these are cheap arrows, I'll use those. When in reality, they what I wish more people would do is come and not only do a little bit of research and see what fits their needs, but talk to a Bowtech like me. Um, you know, we, we keep, we're, we try to keep knowledgeable. Um, for everyone I've talked to there, as far as Bowtechs go, they're pretty darn knowledgeable. And, you know, we know the items. So please come talk with us. If they, I'm looking for an arrow to go elk hunting with, with say my 50 pound compound bow, and we can get you set up, you know, with the right arrow that can have enough penetration um, for an elk in case you do make a bad shot and we can all set you up with the right uh, flushing, the right knock and the right broadhead. Now you guys, um, you have Botex in a lot of your stores and you really help people. But the first thing before we even get to some of what you can do is you need to decide what you're going to hunt with and you need to practice with those arrows that you're going to hunt with, don't you? Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, there's a lot of people out there you know, unfortunately, this is a very common thing in our industry is, you know, people will put in the season, they'll put their bow away, wait till two weeks before the season starts and go, you know, I should probably pick my bow up, start practicing. And then, you know, two days before they're, they're, they go hunting a once in a lifetime opportunity, they're like, oh, I need new strings, I need new arrows, I need a new bow. And at that point, unfortunately, it's just too late. Um, so, like, right now, Father's Day weekend, they have perfect time to uh get your last-minute touches together, and that way you have uh, July and August to start practicing when elk season opens up in 75 days. So if I'm if I'm not sure about my bow and I bring it into a bow tech like yourself at Jack's, what do you guys do? 
So the first thing we do just take um, take a quick look at it, make sure that you know you're handing us a safe flow. Um, that uh, just like you would a firearm, you're going to clear it before you give it to someone else. And we're going to take a look, make sure it is safe. That it isn't um, there isn't any red flags. And then from there, we can do pretty much whatever you like. We um, have most of our locations. We can do paper training. We can do chronograph. Um, we can do some some custom stuff such as custom strings. Um, and then we can the amount whatever accessories you like on there, such as, you know, the new Hamsky Epsilon wrists, those are the excellent um, new sights, uh, new stabilizers, wrists, um, wrist bullets and all that. So you can get them pretty well set up, and it sounds like you're pretty well stocked. And I imagine, you're right, a lot of this stuff would be great Father's Day gifts. So, guys, bring your kids in with you and tab when you get your bow checked at Jack's, and they'll maybe give them some hints but the important thing is to make sure you have a bow that matches your skill level and your strength abilities, that the arrows and the bow match, and then there's all kinds of accessories. Let's kind of switch gears. Give me a couple accessories. You might buy an archer for Father's Day, and then a couple other Father's Day gifts they might find in a Jack store. Sure. So Father's Day gifts, um, for especially for the archer in your life, um, string wax, that's the big thing we always um, unfortunately, there are a lot of archers who don't wax their strings. That's a great gift. We always need more, including myself. Um, or any just gift card or range part punch card, those are highly appreciated. And um, last thing for our archers, a Plano or Pelican box to store all the small bits and pieces. Um, keep it all nice and organized. If they have, you know, emergency super glue in case something goes wrong on the field, they can put it in there. They keep it all nice and contained. Um, as far as just any Father's Day gifts, um, right now I have my hardware store, which is right across the street from me. Um, we're running 25% off the Flex Carhartt items, such as the new Carhartt Force Pocket T-shirt, in addition to Carhartt belts, briefs, bags, and wallets. And from my store, we're all we're doing a bunch of sales on a ton of items, a ton of apparel items, uh, footwear items, such as uh, Birkenstock sandals and bow tie sandals. And then also we're having, you know, sales pretty much anywhere in the store, my bike shop, my camping section, pretty much anywhere. And you know what? If dad loves grilling, you guys have an incredible, not only a a selection of grills, but accessories for grilling and spices and rubs. You guys just have a ton of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we try to have a pretty good selection across the board. No matter what the customer is looking for, we have something that should fit their needs. All right. Well, Cameron, thank you for joining us, and hopefully Jax will be busy. If your dad is in the outdoors, folks, uh, Jax is the place to go. There's stores up and down the front range, and they're going to have everything you might need to want to buy for dad for Father's Day. Thank you, Cameron. Absolutely. You have a good one, Terry. You bet. Have a good Father's Day. That's Cameron from the Jax on Lafayette. You know, the Jax stores just have such a variety of great, great um uh, Great ideas. Tell you what, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, Chad Lachance is going to join us. He's not only going to talk about Father's Day gifts a little more, but he's going to tell us some places you might want to take dad fishing. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. From our heated moments, there grew a tender love. For all that she has given me. Stars You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 
that was another cut from the Loneliness and Love EP by Wickstrom and Dobrith that you can find on your favorite streaming sites. And at the end of the show, I've got a request that I'm working on a project that I'm going to reach out to you folks and tell you about. But right now, let's go to the phones and joining us, one of our longest running contributors. In fact, the original person who ever co-hosted the show or did it in my absence from Fishful Thinker, Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you. Um, you know, I was talking to a sprinkler guy that we're having some work done and uh, he was asking me about how long we've been on the show and all that. And it brought me back. He's a big he's a big fan of the fan. And he was talking about Mike Evans. And that made me think about when you and Mike were, did the very first show in my absence. Gosh, I don't even know how many years ago that was. Well, I know I started. I did look this up. I started being a guest on the show in early 2004. So I don't know exactly when I did the first show with Mike, but uh, I can tell you I was scared to death, but I haven't stopped talking since. So I guess it's worked yeah. out. <laughs> so you wanted to kind of continue our discussion about Father's Day gifts and maybe some places to take a father fishing. So what do you got for us? Well, and yeah, and I know you talked about that some, so I'm not going to get too much into the gift side. I think what's more important about experiences and getting that out. So I'll be I'll be relatively quick, but. Uh, a couple of gifts that I think are easy, something you can go pick up right now easily uh, for tomorrow for Father's Day is, is stuff that I don't think a dad likes to buy, right? So I don't want to I don't want to buy him stuff that he's enjoying shopping for, like his new rods and reels and stuff like that. So I thought I'd get a little outside the box on that. But there's stuff you need for fishing that uh, is really handy to have, make your day a little bit easier and more comfortable. And so I thought I'd go down that road. And one of the things I that is a big deal for me and always is and we talk about this a lot but um outdoor outdoorsmen need knives and food in general and so a lot of my stuff's going to come down to fillet knives i'm like for instance say dad's got an old fillet knife they've been around forever but the new replaceable bladed fillet knives are way sharper and infinitely easier to deal with you don't have to sharpen the knife you can replace the blades uh, those are a great tool. I've switched all my knives over in the last five years to replaceable blades for both big game hunting and filleting fish. And they're just so much quicker and easier to deal with. The blades aren't expensive. So that's a good, a good thing that dad might not think about and, but it will definitely make his life easier. Also, um, if he does any sort of cooking and, and you're an outdoorsman of any kind, then you have to have cast iron. And even if dad's got a cast iron skillet already, yeah, I don't know if, cast iron people are, are cast iron junkies. I cook more cast iron than anything else. So a cast iron griddle, uh, anything that's portable like that would be a really handy tool for dad uh, to either take in the field or use with his fishing game at the house. A Dutch oven's another really good one, but cast iron in general is one of those things that's a traditional gift. It's been around a really long time, uh, and so that's good. Another one that isn't maybe fun to buy but really handy to have is a really high-quality pair of pliers with cutters and the whole nine yards. Uh, there's a bunch of different companies that make them. You can get them in a lot of places, but I'm not talking about the three ninety nine that you can grab off the counter. I'm talking about like a $50 tool that you keep strapped to yourself. And I've been using the same pair of, of Berkeley pliers for like 10 years now. 
and you can replace little little snipper blades on them for cutting braid. Just a really handy thing to have. If dad's a fly fisherman, maybe a really high quality pair of forceps with a blade on them. Uh, you know, with a scissor on them as well, another really good tool. But just some things like that. My advice basically is get the ancillary items, not necessarily, you know, the, the hardcore items that he's going to enjoy going and getting for himself. Yeah, when it comes to the flay knife, I have a question for you. Uh, electric or, or non-electric fillet knives. I have electric fillet knives, but I still use my traditional fillet knives the most. I am in 100% agreement on that. The only time I will use an electric fillet knife is if I had a bunch of fish to fillet. Uh, you know, if I'm talking about filleting three or four walleyes, the cleanup time on the fillet knife for starters on the electric one, and then for two, it's just not as clean of a job. And you'll leave more meat on them. And those replaceable blade knives, I use the Outdoor Edge ones. It's a Denver company, too, so there's got a feel-good thing. Uh, those things are ridiculously sharp, and I can do a really good job in a quick amount of time without wasting any meat with them. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with that. And I filleted fish for so long with just a regular fillet knife that um, I, I just feel good about it. One other quick uh, comment I'll make. You mentioned the cast iron. I have uh, cast iron serving trays that I put on the grill and get super hot. And then they have a little wooden tray that they fit down inside. Now, I don't just serve on them. I also cook on them on the grill at times. But, boy, when I bring a, a steak that I haven't finished cooking on the flip side and I sit it down and it's sizzling in there, and I bring that to the table with that steak sizzling on that hot plate and it stays warm. What an effect that has. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And it smells fantastic. That's the thing. We all, I think we've probably all been to that restaurant used to do fajitas and they come through the dining room with a screaming hot fajita cast, you know, fajitas on a cast iron oval and everybody in the dining room's hungry all of a sudden. So yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I, I cook on cast iron all the time, Terry, and, and for all different kinds of stuff. And uh, like I said, people that have cast iron generally like the other cast iron. I've probably got 10 pieces or 12 pieces myself. Now, what about if I want to take Dad out fishing? This is what I really think you should do for Father's Day is take Dad fishing. And so when I was thinking about this list, let me throw out, first of all, everybody's fishing well right now. So you got options depending on if you know what kind of fish Dad likes, that'll help. If, you're, if you don't, uh, it doesn't really matter a lot because everybody's fishing good and there's a lot of fish on the banks right now uh, at various lakes, all different lakes. So when I called around, did some research in lakes I haven't been to, uh, what I'm finding out overall is that the fishing is good all over the place, which is not terribly surprising right now. So the places I'm going to recommend are going to also have shelters and things like that so that you can have a picnic uh, because it is about the family overall experience. And my personal experience from living here overlooking Horsey Reservoir for the last 17 years is Father's Day is not typically as busy as some of the other holidays, so you can probably get away with it. So places like Boyd Lake, who, by the way, just got their run of water for the year uh, and is fishing fantastic, also swim beaches, shelters, the whole nine yards, so you can go and have a full-day experience and the place is fishing really good. Same with St. Brain State Park, easy to get to, plenty of shelters, fishing really good, uh, recently stocked. If you're more close to the Denver area, then there's a whole slew of different ponds that are fishing really good down there. Uh, Sawhill Ponds outside of Boulder is doing really good. The Thornton Ponds are doing all right. Uh, I know Chatfield's fishing really good, and there's a bunch of fish around the banks. And, again, you can get, uh, you know, day use areas there, which would be a really good call. 
the rivers, uh, depending, you got to be a little careful, but some of the day-use areas are open and some are not, and the rivers are running high and muddy to some degree, at least the ones in my region. Uh, if I'm doing that, I'm probably, if I'm taking down to the river, I'm only probably doing so if he's a spinning, spin fisherman, uh, probably more so than the fly. The fly bite is not fantastic right now, mostly because of the conditions of the rivers. But uh, but the rivers themselves will still fish fine with spinning gear and big lures, and some of the shelters in Poudre Canyon are open. Um, and then we're still too early to get up in much high, too far up the river, so I would probably stay in the lower section. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things I think you have to consider when taking anybody fishing, whether it's dad or, or dad taking a son or other people going together, is understand the skill level and limitations of the the least experienced angler, and that will help you plan a trip that's a lot more pleasant, won't it? Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's day one in guiding. The first thing I do every day is first figure out the skill level, and then I'll decide how hard I want to fish. And that is absolutely true, um, you know, when it comes to taking your family, your dad, whatever the case might be. Uh, but the biggest thing for me with the Father's Day thing is if dad likes to fish, Offering to go fishing with him, even if you don't really want to go fish, is still a fantastic way to spend the day in the outdoors. Weather's supposed to be pretty nice, and that's why the places I've all, I named all have shelters and things. So if the whole family doesn't fish, we can honor Dad by going fishing with him on that day and, and allowing him his passion, which is fishing, and being there with him. So that's my thought, and there is nothing wrong with giving him a hall pass either. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Hey, last thing before I let you go um, off the subject – how is horse tooth fishing? What are the water levels? What's going on there? Well, the water level's dropping like a rock now. It was really stable for most of the spring, and it's dropped already today probably two inches. To, I've been watching one spot here in the yard. It's dropped at least two inches so far today alone, and it's down uh, about three and a half or four feet from where it peaked out uh, a week and a half ago. And so having said that, the fish will start pulling off the banks a little bit. I just did a podcast about that. It's a Fish Thinker podcast if people want to see. It, or hear my thoughts on it from guiding here, but I can tell you that there's still plenty of catchable fish around the banks. Uh, if you've got a boat, you can smash them. I mean, it's just all there is to it. If you're going to run around this lake right now and you have any basic skills, you can smash the, the smallmouth. The trout are all over the lake. As the water starts to warm, they'll start going deeper, but right now, they're still catchable high in the water column, meaning that you can throw all sorts of stuff and run into them. Uh, and I would for sure spend some time, if I was coming here, uh, I would probably do a little bit of sniffing around for some of the wipers that are running around in here. They're not big, so I'm hoping people will release them because they'll grow really good, but there is a fair number of them running around in here, and we're catching some every outing. So, so kind of a bonus fish? Yeah, pretty much. It's if you're going to target them, I'd, lo- I'd go run the run the windiest stuff I can find. Uh, I would love to say that they're on a hard pattern, but typical with wipers, they aren't. <laughs> so wherever they are, they go. They don't ever stop, and they keep moving around. So that's the problem with it. But there's enough of them around that if you do one of the things I constantly preach, which is use multi-species baits, and if you're in a facility that's got multi-species in it, using baits known to be bit by all species will keep you in the ballpark. And that's certainly what we're doing on most of my guide trips these days uh is staying as multi-species as we can we uh we caught a walleye last week on a guide trip that was uh just an absolute monster of almost 11 pounds uh but we caught it by using a multi-species bait uh just just generally fishing all right my friend we're out of time if people want more information or book a trip how do they get a hold of you 
fishfulthinker.com, and we would love to take some guys out. I've got a guide right now that uh, Jeff Colwell, who's worked here for a very long time, been on your TV show. Um, good dude. He's like, hey, man, give me some more trips. So he's catching a lot of fish right now. So uh, fishfulthinker.com there. Also YouTube, podcast, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, my friend. We will talk soon. Thank you. Thanks very much, Terry. Once again, happy Father's Day. Yep, same to you. Thank you very much. Chad Lachance, always a good resource. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Dire Straits, great group. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to wrap things up here. A couple things I really want to go over with you. One, we're in the middle of summer, folks, and preparing for what your outdoor activities can be really important. Remember, the sun is intense here at altitude. You can get sunburn and heat stroke very easily. Stay hydrated. Find your time in the shade. Don't push past your limits and know your limits. And if you're headed up the mountains, also remember that it can change quickly. A thunderstorm comes through. Most hypothermia happens at between 60 and 70 degrees when people get wet. So be very cautious of that. We're going to start doing a few. We used to do some survival programs. As we get closer to hunting season, we'll do some more of those. But for everybody in the outdoors, you know, just layer up. Make sure you know what you're doing. Get the right uh, clothing. But the biggest thing is don't push beyond your limits. Uh, follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. A lot of the stuff you heard today, we are going to be reposting links to it on my Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Also, a lot of the fishing we cover on here, there's examples of it on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. Now, I have a special request. You all know that I also have my music group and my activity in the music industry, which is Wickstrom and Dobrith. I have a brother who's having some severe health issues, and he's the kind of guy I would like to dedicate a song to. He is, he's, he was a good athlete when he was younger. He was scouted for baseball and things, but he had some injuries, and that never panned out. But all he did was go to work every day, give 100%, do everything he was supposed to do, and treat everybody with kindness and respect. And to me, those are the real heroes in our lives, the guys that just show up every day. If you need help, they're going to be there. They're going to treat you right no matter what. And so I, I put a post on Wickstrom and Dobrith on Facebook, and Dobrith is just spelled uh, D-O-B-R-O-T-H. Um, and just go check out Wickstrom and Dobrith. Read that post, and if you can be of any help to us putting this project together, this song then let us know. All right. Is Mr. Dan Jacobs in the studio? He is on his way into the studio right now. <clears throat> he is. He's always late. I don't know what's wrong with him. <clears throat> he's, you know, I idolize him and then I go to talk to him and he's not even there. <laughs> We're going to talk because I want to talk to him about the abs when he gets in here. Hold on. Put my headphones on. Yeah, hurry up. I'm here, Coach. All right. So, now I want to talk to you about the Avs. Game two tonight. They got an early lead uh, the last game and then hung on as their goalie kind of stepped up, but then they were able to beat them at the end. That goalie, and you and I both know goaltending is probably going to be the key. 
I think it's obvious that the Avs don't have the goaltending that Tampa does. But the Avs also put a lot more shots on goal, almost double what most teams have done in the playoffs. Does that offset that some or enough? Well, that's their complete strategy. Their complete strategy, because also it's not just the goaltending. The Avs defensively are not that great either. Uh, now, for example, Kale McCarr is superstar, right? He's not. He's an offensive defenseman. Their defenseman, although Josh Manson, uh, he had a great game and he was leveling some great hits. But defensively, the Avs, um, they're not great. Like throughout the playoffs. I've all, I, you know, my, my kind of catchphrase for them is no lead is safe for the Colorado Avalanche. Even when they're rolling offensively, they just they don't play great defense. Some of those goals both goaltenders have given up are because the defensemen just aren't doing their jobs in front of the net. So it's kind of a combination of those things. Um, but so they're, they're, they've just said the way we're going to win is we're going to keep control the puck, and we're going to keep shooting. And even if they don't all go in, we're just going to try and keep the puck in our zone, and we're just going to keep peppering shots on that goaltender, and hopefully they're going to get through. But it's scary. I mean, it is nerve-wracking because every time the puck gets into the ab zone, uh, you know, and Kemper has to, you know, you just never know. Like, any single shot that, you know, goes on our one of our goaltenders, you're like, is it going to go? It, it, it could go in. It just any one of them go in. There's you know no goal is too soft for Darcy Kemper. Well, and I'll tell you the the goalie for Tampa was really streaky in that first game. He looked pretty porous in the beginning. Then all of a sudden he looked like the superstar he is. But then they they beat him on really good shots. So you know I'm cautiously optimistic because of the Avs' offensive power. But boy, tonight is going to be a key. Yes, absolutely. Uh, very exciting. You know, I it's Father's Day weekend, and you know, so we we you know because I work, so I have to go to the five o'clock service at church. I said, well, let's go to let's go to dinner. Let's go to uh, you know my you know one of the places I like to go. And then I was like, wait a minute, Avs games at six. Cancel that. Yeah. Well, I'll let you get to that. Let me wrap this up so they can get the idea at the top of the hour, and we'll we'll have you tell people all about what's going to happen tonight. Sounds good. All right. We're going to wrap up Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're already over our time, but I don't mind stealing time from Dan. You know, I made him who he is today, so that's okay. Well, well, he'd probably deny that. But anyway, thanks for listening. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Follow us on Facebook. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Tune in every Saturday, 9 to 11. And don't forget to check out that post on Wickstrom and Dobrith on our musical side. We'll uh, let the Eagles take us to Dan Jacobson Sports on 104.3 The Fan. Mission.